I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 52 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you're having a great week. And as always, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I just so appreciate your support and I love spending Monday mornings with you. I seriously just get so excited anytime I jump into my closet to record a podcast. And this week, I have especially been enjoying all things life-related, podcast recording, work, being outside, because I finally feel like fall has arrived in Florida, and I have been so envious of everybody who's experiencing fall colors and everything pumpkin and all of the sweaters and scarves and boots, because up until like this week, it's been, you know, 95 degrees, but this week, it's cold. (laughs) And by cold, I mean, it's like 60 degrees outside, but that feels significantly colder than like the 95 degree temps we've had just a few weeks ago. And the other day I told my husband that I think we need to start turning on the heat in our house. And I didn't really get much of a response. He just kind of gave me the evil eye and he totally thinks that I'm crazy for wearing sweaters and sweatshirts right now. But like I said, 60 degrees feels cold in Florida. Anyways, when I jump into my podcast recording closet, which is literally just a closet, I have all of these blankets and pillows around me to try and dampen the sound. So it feels especially cozy today, which is great. Anyways, though, enough about the weather and just the coziness that has arrived in Florida. Let's talk about nonfiction. Specifically, let's talk about how to help students summarize nonfiction, which is going to be the topic for today's podcast episode. And I'm excited about this episode for a few reasons. First of all, nonfiction seems to be the big topic of conversation inside our Stellar Teacher Reading membership. So many of the teachers in our membership community are getting ready to start their nonfiction unit, and we've been releasing a bunch of new nonfiction resources, especially to support summarizing main idea 
text features, all of those wonderful things. And so I know they're getting ready to dig deep into nonfiction. And I love providing content that supports our members. But also, I know nonfiction is really resonating just with the rest of our teacher community. Because a few weeks ago, I released an episode that was all about strategies to help identify the main idea of nonfiction texts. That was episode number 47, in case you missed it. And I loved recording that episode. But holy cow, That episode has resonated with you guys so much so far to date. It has been my most popular podcast episode, which means y'all must be really loving nonfiction or really needing some help with it. In either case, knowing that nonfiction is top of mind right now for teachers who listen to the podcast, of course, I want to create something that is going to be helpful for you. So I wanted to do another episode that tackles one of the most challenging nonfiction reading skills, and that is summarizing nonfiction. At least for me, when I was in the classroom, I always felt like summarizing nonfiction was probably the most challenging skill, and it was probably one of my least favorite things to teach. And I think the reason why I didn't like teaching it or I struggled to teach it was because it felt so daunting. And this is where I think it's sort of important to pause, take a step back. I think sometimes when we're thinking about the reading skills that we have to teach, it's just like another thing on our checklist. It's like, okay, great. We've taught text structure, text features, main idea, time to teach, summarizing. But if you think about it, summarizing in general is a really higher level challenging skill, and it requires a lot from our students. If we want our students to be good at summarizing, they have to also then be able to naturally determine importance. They need to be able to synthesize ideas. They need to be able to understand author's purpose. They have to be good at paraphrasing. They have to be able to find text evidence. They need to be able to identify the main idea and the most important details, and they also need to be good at writing. (laughs) They need to be able to write complete sentences. They need to be able to write a summary in an order that makes sense. They need to be concise. They need, of course, then, you know, spelling, punctuation, grammar, all of that stuff. So there is a lot that goes into it. So knowing that it is a very sort of like complex and overwhelming skill to teach, I wanted to do something that hopefully will make it seem a little less daunting. So today... I have just three strategies that you could use that will help your students become hopefully more confident or independent or successful with summarizing nonfiction. And of course, hopefully it helps you feel just a little bit more excited and confident in your ability to teach them how to summarize this very challenging skill. Now, before I jump into the strategies, one of the things that I like to do before teaching specific strategies about anything, but specifically with summarizing, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is to remind students, you know, really what is a summary and kind of share some characteristics of a strong summary. And the reason why I start with this is I have a list basically of six characteristics of a nonfiction summary, and I've turned it into a free checklist that I'd love to share with you that you can grab in the show notes for this episode. So be sure to grab that once you finish listening. But these six characteristics are applicable to whatever type of strategy they use. So I'm going to share three strategies, but these six characteristics will help them when writing their summary, no matter what strategy they use. And so it's just kind of a good place to start giving you kind of some common language. And again, it's just a sort of framework that you can help your students. And really, you could even teach this as a strategy. This checklist could be a strategy in itself. So the six things that I think are important when reminding your students about writing a summary for nonfiction is, first of all, you want to make sure that their summary is short. I like to give students a guide that it should be around four to five sentences. In their summary, they should clearly state the main idea. That is obviously the most important idea in the text. And so if they're summarizing it, they need to make sure they state the main idea. 
Their summary should only include a few of the most important details. I think one of the things that can be challenging with summarizing is students, especially if they're naturally long-winded, is they want to include all of the details and they want to kind of explain the details really in depth. And so their summaries can get to be really long. And so reminding students that summaries only include just a few, not all of them, just a handful, you know, two, maybe three of the most important details. We also want to make sure that in their summary, students consider the author's purpose. And this sort of shows up in some of the strategies I'm going to share with you. But author's purpose, I think, is a really important part of nonfiction and being able to understand and consider it. And in some cases, they might want to mention it. But also, if they understand the author's purpose, and again, this kind of shows up a little bit later on, you'll understand this a little bit more. But if students understand the author's purpose for writing, they will have a better idea of their purpose for summarizing as well. And that is because, this is characteristic number five, but their summary should also mirror the structure of the text. So kind of connected to author's purpose, if the author is explaining a solution to a problem, then their summary should also explain the solution to a problem. If their text is comparing and contrasting two topics or two people, then their summary should also compare and contrast. So author's purpose and text structure both should show up in their summary. And then, of course, the final characteristic is we want to make sure students understand that when they're writing a summary, they should use their own words. So making sure that they understand how to paraphrase. I know I had a lot of times students would want to copy the exact sentence, you know, the exact details from the text, but reminding them that summaries should be written in their own words. So those are the six characteristics that I like to teach students. Keep it short, state the main idea, include just a few details, consider author's purpose, summary should mirror text structure, and use your own words. And if they have that as a little checklist, then anytime they're writing a summary, they can sort of use that as their guide. And like I said, I've turned that into just a free bookmark that I'd love to share with you. You can grab it in the show notes. And now that you kind of have a basic understanding of what we want to teach our students when it comes to nonfiction summary, let's talk about some of those very specific strategies you can teach your students to write a summary. And if you remember back in episode 47, if you listen to it, if not, definitely go listen to it. That's the most popular episode I mentioned. But I reminded you of the difference between a reading skill and a reading strategy. And a reading skill is what we want our students to do. So in this case, we want them to be able to summarize the nonfiction text And a reading strategy is how they will do that. And that's what I'm about to share. I'm going to share with you three different strategies that could help students summarize. They could choose to use one, two, three. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that they are summarizing nonfiction text. So strategy number one, this is what I call the TAMCO, T-A-M-K-O formula. And this is like the nonfiction version of the somebody wanted but so then strategy, the SWBST for fiction. It's really just a bunch of random letters that students seem to know and understand, but it gives students a very specific formula that will help them write a nonfiction summary. And this is a great strategy to teach students because it really can help them craft the introductory sentence for their summary which means that they're going to get some help getting started writing their summary. And I think if students really feel confident in getting started, it's going to be a lot easier for them to finish the summary. I know, you know, even as an adult, sometimes it's like, okay, if I'm supposed to summarize this, how do I actually start? So we are giving students the language that is going to help them start their summary. So what does T-A-M-K-O stand for? Let me tell you. So the T stands for the text type. For this part, you want your students to state the title and the type of text. So their summary would start off with something like, in the book, kids versus plastic. I stated the text type, this is a book, and I stated the title, kids versus plastic. So that's the T. 
The A stands for really two things, the author and the action. So if the author is included, they can state the author's name. If it's not included, they can just say the author. And then they want to state the action. What is the verb that describes the purpose for the writing? So what is the author doing? So in this example that I'm sharing, Julie Beers, that's the author, and she is explaining. So a lot of times that verb could be connected to either the author's purpose or possibly the text structure. Maybe they're explaining, maybe they're describing, maybe they're persuading, maybe they're comparing and contrasting, whatever it is, but it should be some sort of verb. And then the M is the main topic. We want our students to either be able to state the main idea or the text topic. So for this example, the main idea or the text topic is the negative impact plastic has on the environment. So the T-A-M part of this strategy is the introductory sentence. So really, if students follow this formula, they now have the very first sentence of their summary, which would sound like this. In the book, Kids Versus Plastic, Julie Beer explains the negative impact plastic has on the environment. Again, I love this strategy because we're helping students get started. The language is given to them. They just have to pull out really the title, the author. They obviously have to identify the author's purpose, but we are helping them get started. And then once they have that introductory sentence, the K stands for key details. So this is where students would need to include two to three details from the text. And then the O stands for organization where we want students to organize the summary using the same text structure. So this formula is structured in the beginning, but it's also open-ended to where it's going to, you know, adjust depending on the text structure and the organization and the details included. Again, summarizing can feel really overwhelming for our students. And I think especially if students don't feel confident in their ability to write or if they lack confidence in their reading comprehension, But with this strategy, we are making it really easy for them to get started. Again, they have the exact words, the exact formula to get started with their summary. So if they can feel confident that they can write a really strong introductory sentence for their summary, all they have to do is pull in two to three details and organize it in the same way of the text structure, and they've written a great summary. So the TAMCO, T-A-M-K-O, text type, author action, main topic key details, organization. It's a really great strategy to teach students to have them summarize nonfiction text. So strategy number one, TAMCO. Strategy number two is the five W plus H questions. And this strategy can be pretty simple to use because it connects to something more than likely our students already know. If you've already taught your students to ask and answer questions, or even if you've already taught fiction, your students are probably aware of the five W plus H questions, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And I think there's so much benefit anytime that we can use something that kids already know to teach them something new, because we're not teaching them something brand new. We're saying, hey, you already know these question stems. You already know how to ask and answer questions. We're just going to use these questions in a way that's going to help us summarize the text. So again, we're building on something that they already have experience with. With this strategy, obviously, you're going to teach your students to ask these questions, and then the answers are going to help them form their summary. And you could teach it at the very basic level. You know, who is the text about? What is happening in the text? When did these events take place? Where did they take place? Why are they important? You know, how did it happen? Whatever it is. But one of the things that I like to do is teach students just the question stem and then let them know that there are a variety of questions they could ask with that stem. For example, rather than just saying if, you know, you're going to ask and answer questions, the only question you can ask is who is this text about? Because the problem is, is not every text is going to have a who as a subject. Those questions would work great if this is like a biography or even like a narrative nonfiction. But if it's an informational text, the subject might not be about a who. 
but the who questions them could still be really helpful in having them summarize the text. So for example, I like to make sure students know that there are a variety of who questions you could ask. Who is the text about? Who wrote the text? Who is the intended audience? Who is impacted by the problem in the text? Okay, so there's a ton of who questions. There's a bunch of what questions they could ask. What happened? What topic is mentioned in the text? What key details did the author include? What lesson is the author trying to communicate? And so on and so on. There's a variety of when, where, why, how questions. So the important thing is not that students are asking those very basic who, what, when, where, why questions, but that they understand that these are question stems that they can then sort of customize and tailor to the type of text. And the important thing is, is that these question stems really are going to cover a wide sort of like range of information from the text. And if they are asking a who question, a what question, a when, where, why, and how, no matter what question it is, their answers are going to give them enough information to help them summarize. Plus, I think it's also helpful because while we're teaching them to ask these questions, we're teaching them to ask questions that make sense for their specific text. I think one of the challenges with teaching students strategies is that not every strategy will work for every specific text. But if we teach students strategies that are flexible, kind of like this one, we're teaching them stems and then giving them a bank of questions for each stem, and then they get to pick the question that works for the text. So we're then giving them the tools to make this strategy successful no matter what type of nonfiction text they're reading. So hopefully that makes sense. So again, the goal is really that they understand that there's a variety of questions that they can ask about a text and that their answers can help them summarize the most important details of the text. Again, very basic. We're using something that they already know, connecting to it and giving it them the tools to use it in a new way to help summarize nonfiction. And then the third strategy is what I call a text structure summary. And this one should be no surprise to y'all since you guys know that I am such a fan of using text structure to drive our understanding of nonfiction text. And I know I've mentioned this before. I think I even talked about this in a few episodes back, how text structure is the roadmap to understanding nonfiction. And it's also our roadmap to summarizing nonfiction. And Seriously, this was such an aha moment for me. Again, it was just when I realized that when we're teaching, how important it is for us to remind students that when we summarize nonfiction, we should write our summaries in a way that mirrors the structure of the text. It's like, obviously, if the author is comparing and contrasting, then my summary should also provide, you know, the most important parts of that compare and contrast. If my text that I'm reading is written in sequential order, then my summary should also summarize you know, and share the very basic steps or the very basic events of that sequence. To me, it makes so much sense and it made so much sense teaching it as well. And so with this specific summary, obviously it's a little more open-ended and it's not as concrete as say like the TAMCO strategy, but I think that's also the beauty of why we wanna teach a variety of strategies. Some of your students are going to resonate with, you know, that TAMCO strategy because it's very basic, it's very straightforward. They know exactly what they're going to do, but some students like having a little more freedom and flexibility. So if you teach them, all of these three strategies, they're going to choose the one that they feel most confident in. When I am teaching students to summarize using text structure, I have them think about their summary in three parts. And again, we kind of connect it back to it's as if they're writing a paragraph that is going to summarize the text. And so their paragraph is going to have a beginning, their paragraph is going to have a middle, and their paragraph is going to have an end. So you can even have them think about a topic sentence, key details, a concluding sentence, same idea. In their beginning, really, this is their first introductory sentence, the topic sentence of their summary, we want them to include 
the main topic of the text, and we also want them to hint at the text structure. I tell students that their summary should include the same keywords that helped them identify the text structure. So two examples. Okay, let's say your students read a text that was comparing and contrasting the similarities and differences between crocodiles and alligators. So their introductory sentence could be something like, In this text, the author shares the similarities and differences between crocodiles and alligators, all right? We know the topic. It's about crocodiles and alligators. We know that they have some similarities. We know we have some differences. So we've hinted at the text structure. Another example could be, pollution in the ocean is becoming a huge problem, but a group of students from New York have come up with a solution. So if this text is an article about students who are solving the problem of ocean pollution, We have mentioned problem and solution in the topic sentence, but we've also hinted at the actual topic, which is pollution, specifically in the ocean. Again, sentences include the main topic, but then they hint at the text structure. And then when students go on to the middle part of their summary, this is where they're going to include two to three key details from the text. And again, I remind them that they should share the details in the exact same way that the text was organized. So if you go back to that first example, if they're reading a text that compares and contrasts alligators and crocodiles, if the text shares similarities of alligators and crocodiles, then their summary should include at least one main similarity and one main difference. Or if the text wrote about all about alligators first and then all about crocodiles, then their summary should also Talk about the alligator, a unique trait, a similar trait, and then the crocodile, a unique trait and a similar trait. So however the text is set up, their summary should be set up in the same way. If we go back to that article about kids who have come up with a solution to ocean pollution, the middle of their summary should probably include one to two sentences that summarize or explain the problem. And then their summary should include one to two sentences that summarize and explain the solution. So if it's a problem and solution text, they need to include both problem and solution, and they can even include that language in the middle of their text. And then the end of their summary, really their concluding statements, which again should reiterate the main topic and the text structure. So again, if we go back to that example one, their concluding sentence might be, so while there are many similarities between alligators and crocodiles, this text also highlights their differences. So again, the topic and the text structure, similarities and differences. Example number two, The students from New York are making a big impact on a global problem with their creative solution to ocean pollution. We restate the topic and we hint again at the text structure, problem and solution. So again, just this idea that their summary is going to have a beginning, middle and end, and they are going to incorporate language from the text structure in all parts of their summary. And once students realize again that text structure is their roadmap to not only understanding, but summarizing, I think summarizing feels just less scary to them because it's like, great, I understand text structure. I know how to identify it. And now I'm basically writing a smaller version or a shorter version of that same text structure. So text structure summary is the third strategy you can use to teach your students how to summarize. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I like teaching an open-ended approach like this strategy, the text structure summary, because then students can make it work for almost any text. You know, if we think about the very specific scripted formula like TAMCO, while that has an open-ended element, it is still very, you know, formulaic. And if you only teach that strategy, our students who are very literal and have maybe a hard time straying from the strategy might struggle with that strategy. For example, let's say your text doesn't include the author's name. Even if they say, you know, they might be able to adapt and and say, okay, fine, the author states, 
but maybe the text doesn't have a title or maybe they, you know, it's like, I don't know, is this an article? Is this a passage? What do I, how do I describe this text? So if the text that they're reading doesn't lend themselves to the formula of that strategy, students might struggle to be able to adapt that strategy to their specific text. But if you also then teach them a strategy that is a little more open-ended, like how to summarize using text structure, they then have options to use when it comes to summarizing their independent reading. And I think that's the whole goal of teaching specific strategies is certain strategies will resonate with your students in different ways. And we want them just to feel like they have a strategy that they can use or they have a variety of strategies to use. So there's way more than three, obviously. These are just three that have been helpful for me and other teachers that I have worked with. And so hopefully you find these strategies helpful as you start to embark on teaching your students how to summarize nonfiction. So as always, I hope that you found this episode helpful. Don't forget, you can grab your free nonfiction summary checklist in the show notes. And I'm also going to link to a couple different summarizing nonfiction resources that we have available in the Teachers Pay Teachers store. And of course, if you have any questions about this episode or if you just want to connect, you guys know that you can find me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. I love hearing from you guys and I hope you have an absolute wonderful week. I will see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.